Professional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 16. Uh, today, I am recording live from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, we are staying with some friends. I am on their back patio uh, I wish all of you could sit here and look at what I'm looking. They're kind of on camelbacks to my left, if you know anything about Phoenix. Uh, it's kind of a, the, this, like, historic mountain. It's to my left. Uh, and, and they're kind of, like, on the side of a mountain a bit. And so I'm overlooking the whole Phoenician Valley. Uh, pretty incredible. The birds are out today. You can hear all that in the background. But pretty amazing. This place, uh, they call this front porch the sanctuary. Uh, which I love that because my front porch happens to be uh, the same. So I'm not on a front porch uh, this morning. I'm sorry. Uh, I am on a back porch, uh, but this any porch will do. Uh, it's so amazing out here. Of course, in Phoenix, it's the weather's beautiful. It's a great day. And I hope you're having a great day wherever you are in the car on a run with your kids on the way to school, getting ready in the morning to go to work, wherever you are. Uh, so uh, glad you're here. Hope you're having an awesome day. Our passage for today uh, is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. This is Paul, and he says this, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been uh, called. Uh, Patty and I, um, you know, we've been married for 21 years. And, you know, in those early years, I think you're trying to figure out, like, what are we doing here? I mean, it, it, you, you have all these ideas of what marriage should look like and what happens. And then, you, you know, you have some kids. So we had two boys. Uh, and then we adopted Mika later on. And uh, I think we're, we're kind of always in this place of trying to figure out, what, what are we doing here? You know, what's marriage all about? Well, a part of Patty and I's story uh, of our families is that um, I've told you before that, but my, uh, my uh, mom left when I think I was 12 years old. And that was incredibly, incredibly painful. Uh, and then my dad remarried and to a, a woman who had uh, her husband had left her. And so we took on uh, our families came together and and uh, we had that blended family life. I, I did for a couple of years until I went off to college. I meet Patty. Uh, I go spend time with her and her family, and I'm like, wow, this is great. You know, a family that's together, like, uh, it's so awesome. And then Patty, within the first couple of years of Patty and I's marriage, uh, her parents uh, got divorced. Her dad uh, left. And um, we just kept looking, standing back and going, this is so painful. This is so hard. What's going on? And, and then trying to figure it out on our own as we're kind of doing marriage and going through life. And of course, I'm a hot mess and she's a hot mess. And it's two hot messes trying to figure out how to make good out of something, you know, that's really hard at times. And, and so uh, I, I think maybe, I don't know, maybe about 10 years ago, we had this kind of moment where we sat down and said, listen, this has got to be so much bigger than the kids. This has got to be so much bigger than us. And so as we started talking about that, 
we, we started thinking about, uh, about marriage and what is marriage. And, and for us, a, a marriage is a calling. It's a covenant calling. And when we stood before God, uh, we made a covenant before God first, and then each other were the byproducts of that covenant. You know, I did say I do to Patty, and she said the same to me. I can't believe that, uh, but she did do that. And so I, and I have it on video somewhere to prove that she, she did do that. So, uh, so it's so much bigger uh, than Patty and I's feelings, than what we believe e- each other, you know, should give each other, you know, that kind of thing. It's so much bigger than that. And so I think maybe 10 years, 11 years into our marriage, we started talking about what that means. And, and here's what we came up with. Here's what we um, decided and we still do live out of is that one, our marriage was so much bigger than us and that it's a calling. And that calling is to reclaim the Goki name, uh, reclaim marriage. And what, what was broken in the past, Patty and I feel a deep calling to redeem. And so where there's been divorce, where there's been pain, where there's been infidelity, uh, Patty and I have chosen to look at our marriage and to go, how can we live in a way, uh, in the way we love each other and the way we do marriage and the way we care for each other, every part of our lives, uh, a, a part of our lives impacts our family life, impacts our marriage life. So how can we live, a, live in a way that really honors that covenant and that calling that God's given to us. And so it's reframed the way we've looked at parenting, because again, we're, we're trying to, uh, we're trying to um, live in light of what has been done in the past. And now this new calling that we have in our marriage and our family. And so parenting for us, it matters. Uh, What happens in our kids' lives, it matters because we want them to carry this legacy on. We want them to see a mom and a dad who struggled through it, but ultimately made God uh, number one in their lives. You know, the kids are like, you know, is mom your number one? I was like, no, mom's a cherry on top. And I, but she's, you know, she's not the Sunday. That relationship with God and who he is, uh, is number one. And we really, and she would say the same thing. We're really trying to live that way to the best of our ability. It's not easy and we don't always get it right, but we're working really, really hard, uh, to live in light of that. Why? Because we want our kids to carry on that legacy, that generation. So Paul, Paul is uh, the church father, this church father, and he's looking at this brand new church and he's going, listen, um, you need to live in a, uh, in a way that's worthy of your calling. In fact, he repeats calling twice. And usually anytime in scripture, when you see a word that's repeated twice, it usually means it's pretty important. So Paul's trying to go like, look, you got to live in, in light of the way that you've been rescued by this King of Kings and Lord of Lords, God who came to us, he died and he was resurrected. And we now are the benefactors of, of that love, of that grace of, of that mercy. And so what this has to mean for you and I, and what Paul is trying to help this young church, first, second generation church come to understand is that your life is so much bigger than your dreams and desires. Your life is so much bigger than your, your dreams and desires. Like those aren't bad things. They're just not the main things. Those are things that flow out of your calling. They flow out of who you are and who God has made you to be. Um, and this, that thought for you 
is either a very overwhelming thought or it's incredibly inspiring. For some of you, you're like, whoa, I don't want that kind of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. Don't put that kind of pressure on me. Or some of you are like, I need that today. I need to hear that my life matters. I need to hear that there's something greater that I've been called to and that you've been specifically uh, put here on planet Earth uh, for a purpose, for a calling, something so much bigger than you. What Paul is saying is this, uh, do you know what has been done for you? Do you know what Jesus did for you? Because Paul's going, look, look, he starts off by going like, hey, I, I do. Like I, he, Paul is sitting in prison and he is writing to this church that he loves and he cares about. And he calls himself a prisoner of the Lord. You see, this is not just, this is literal. It's not just figurative. You know, he's not going like, you know, I'm like, like figuratively like a prisoner of the Lord. He's like, no, no, no. As a result of following after Jesus, I found myself in this prison and I'm a prisoner for the Lord and I'm going to live the calling that he's placed me, uh, the calling that he's put on me in this prison. I'm going to live it out. I'm going to be careful to, to not to try to the best of my ability not to get distur- discouraged or distracted uh, from my surroundings. I need to live out the calling that where he's placed me. He does this because he's not only knows what has been done for him, but what it means to live the life that God has called him to. See, he, he goes like Jesus met me on a road. And, and, and he, the risen Messiah met me and he called me and he saved me. I was a persecutor of people. I lived that way. Uh, a persecutor of, of Christians, of people of the way is what they were called. And he rescued me. And as a result of that, I have gone on mission to share of this good news. And that has caused me to be here in this prison. So right now, my calling is to be a prisoner for the Lord. What's your calling? What is it that he's called you to right now, wherever you are? So have you ever looked around and you've looked at your life and you kind of been dissatisfied? And you looked around and you've been like, man, this is not uh, what I imagined for my life. This is not how I would imagined how it would turn out. I was talking to a guy this week and you know, he was saying something to the fact of like, all my buddies are, you know, all, you know, worth all this money and they have all these, you know, vacation homes and all this kind of stuff. Right. And they live that way. And, and I don't, I never really kind of lived that way. My life really didn't turn out that way. He wasn't saying he was dissatisfied. He was just trying to, uh, he was letting me know, like as a result of trying to follow after Jesus, it doesn't look like everybody else. It hasn't worked out that way. And I wonder if for some of you, you kind of feel like a nobody. You know, kind of walk around this world and you're not sure that you matter. You're not sure what you do matters. And that's kind of an, for you has been maybe like a depressing feeling. Maybe there's times in the morning when you wake up and you're like, why wake up? Why do this life? You know, why? You know, I haven't turned out to be the way my mom or my dad or maybe my boss or what anyone says that I should be or I should do. And so what am I doing here? And, and what we know is this, is that suicide is on the rise. And a part of it is, is because people 
have lost sight of their calling. And if you're a Christian listening right now, I want you to know you have intrinsic person, uh, purpose in this world. Paul is trying to get us to understand what a privilege it is to follow Jesus. What a privilege it is to follow Jesus. He's trying to help us understand how important we are. Now, I hope you hear that right now. You're so important. Your life matters. You have so much purpose and you matter so much in this life. And so he's trying to help you understand this. He's trying to help you see this. Uh, You are important but only because of what Jesus has done. He's trying to help refocus us on the real. He's trying to help us refocus ourselves on our calling. The fact that you are alive matters. He's going, listen, do you not know how important you are? Do you not know what Jesus has done for you? Do you know that that you are the carriers of the good news, the gospel news uh, of sharing about Jesus's love and sacrifice in every area of your life. He's trying to reframe your mindset. And the rest of the passage is really about living out of this calling and living a righteous and holy life. But we can only do that if we know why we're living this life. And the reason why we're living this life is because of what Jesus has done for us. And now that propels us to live into what he's called us to do. And what he's called us to do, our calling, is to share this good news with other people that they matter. And they matter because of what Jesus has done. But for so many of us, we have life all backwards. Our focus is on the wrong thing and we need to reframe it all. And when we do, we will live a life that is worthwhile. When you reframe, when we reframe our thinking, reframe our minds, then we will understand, truly understand what it means to be alive, what it means to live in to our calling. Because all we do All we do is because of Jesus. And this gospel message that he's given to us, this reality of his death and his resurrection, this gospel message should flow out of our lives, which means this. If you're a stay-at-home parent, you are powerful. That calling is not just a calling to be a stay-at-home parent, but it's also a calling to raise your kids in the image of God to help them live a life and and, and to model that in everything you do. If you're a student at school, you're not just studying to get a degree. No, you are studying to get a degree to live it out for the glory of the Lord. You're to, to model what a student looks like. You're to model what it is to have integrity on a college campus. And I can't even imagine how hard that is for so many of you, but you're called to model that. You're, told, you're called to live out that calling on your campus. Uh, as a high school student, you're called to not just study and do tests and build friendships. Those are all important. You are called to be a great student living in light of what Jesus has done for you. If you're a business person, be an awesome business person. Live that out for the glory of the Lord. Look, if you're a pastor, 
It's so much bigger than preaching the good news, right? You're to live the good news out in every part of your life. And the thing I started thinking about was Jesus was a carpenter. Like, how cool is that? Jesus was a carpenter. He took on the craft of his earthly father, but he never forgot who he was and what he was called to do. And as a result of that, we are the benefactors of that life, of that calling. So what we allow to define, uh, what we allow to define us will determine our direction and how we live. What we allow to define us will determine our direction and how we live. And we should allow Jesus to define us. So question, what do you need to reevaluate in your life in order to live a life worthy of your calling? So Spirit of God, remind us of our calling daily so we can live for your glory. So take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to you. Until next time.